Jean-Luc. You've done more than your fair share of planet saving in your day. And nobody would blame you if you just stayed home and let other people look after the galaxy for a while. Especially given your, your condition. I mean, nobody but me, that is. I never thought you had any business retiring in the first place. And you were right. Beautiful. Thank you, Will. What for? Oh, for so many things. But today, for not trying to talk me out of all this. Believe me, I know better. That, my friend, is always a losing proposition. Hello, and welcome to SnapTrack, the Star Trek podcast where we compare two episodes of the universe's premier science fiction franchise, Star Trek. I'm one of your hosts, Ross Webster, and I'm joined by Jen Tift. Hello, Jen. Hey, Ross. How's it going today? It is going okay. I'm in lockdown, but that's that's all right, because all it means is I'm just going to focus on nothing else to do but podcasts. That's all I've got to do. Just looking at my looking at my microphone. Got nothing else. Yep. I'm lockdown. <laughs> we should be cranking out a lot more episodes then. <laughs> yeah, no, we should just do some more. Let's do some more. Do some more podcasts. Let's do that. <laughs> Sounds um, good. How about you, Jen? And I'm 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 functional. Functional. <laughs> is that, you... No, someone, someone said no. Yeah, I'm functional. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's okay. Everything it's okay. is everything's okay here. We're, yeah, so. we're recording under strange times. But, yes, uh, this, is, this is our first episode we're recording in the uh, the lockdown in the new era. Era. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oh my goodness. But we're not going to let it make us crazy. Everybody here thinks you're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you and I have both already gone. We are already fully gone down that road. Past the point where this could make a difference to us. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) let's let's focus. Let's focus. Okay, yes. Very unusual. I don't think I know this game. What's it called? Chula. What are the rules? Every week, we compare two episodes of Star Trek using a variety of categories, and for each category, we select a scene or character or idea or prop, which we think is great, and we award a point to the answer which we think is the best. Aggressive. Adversarial. Competition. For fun. Snap Trek is a competition where we award points, but it's played just for fun. There are no prizes or trophies, and the real aim is to have a great conversation about a Star Trek episode and perhaps look at them in a new way. And we discussed two episodes of Star Trek, but we might touch on any episode up to the scintillating end of Picard season one. I think we will be going that way a little bit. Uh, Jen, did you have you watched? You must have you must have watched the end. In fact, I know you have. Oh yeah. Because oh, I yes. asked you if you had, and you already told me. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it as soon as it dropped. Which was like two fifteen in the morning here, my time. <laughs> but I stayed up for it because right, I couldn't think about anything else. 
Oh my god, I can't believe you stayed up until quarter past two in the morning. <laughs> That's fantastic. And then I had, you know, and then I was half dead anyway and had to just watch it again in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so did that did any of that really happen? <laughs> like or was I dreaming? So it drops at 10 p.m. or it usually drops oh, at 11 okay. that's here. Wonderful. Oh, that's nice. And then uh, 10 p.m. was the, the time that the last episode dropped. Okay. So I, I managed to watch it and go to bed at a reasonable hour. Um, Good. And it was, uh, it was a bit of a roller coaster, those last two episodes. Yeah. It was a wild ride. <laughs> but they're not what we're talking about, unless, unless we get onto it by way of a category. Mm-hmm. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can contact us on Twitter at SnapTrack. You can share with us any Star Trek poetry you have, any ideas for episodes we should compare, any category ideas, any answers for categories which you may think uh, we've overlooked. We love to hear from you, and uh, we often love to read out poems that people have sent in. Um, If you want to get in touch with me, I am Taborg at strtrk1701. And Jen? And I'm on Twitter also. You can reach me at edatquarks. Okay, let's get down to business. In this episode of Snap Trek, we join Jean-Luc Picard as he pays long overdue visits to family and friends, eats fine food, drinks wine, and enjoys some of the most beautiful scenery Star Trek has ever offered up. I was lucky enough to watch Picard Season 1, Episode 7, Nepenthe. And Jen, what did you watch? And I was lucky enough to watch uh, TNG Season 4, Episode 2, Family. And honestly, I can say that these two episodes work together so well. It was honestly a thrill to watch them back to back. I thought it was great. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful it's a it's a wonderful two parter <laughs> Picard uh uh jumping back places you know um when he when he needs help yeah the most i i I was absolutely gobsmacked about how good both of these episodes were but also how similar they are there's so much similarity here maybe that's why i think the penthe is so good because it's playing on a really strong episode of tng yeah it was great well and just and just i mean just the thrill of of seeing (laughs) uh, Riker and troy again and and meeting um, Kestra and oh, honestly, so, so probably one of the best episodes of Star Trek ever. I mean, I absolutely <laughs> loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was so good. I I loved it too. I wish it was just one hundred percent set on Nepenthe. I, I could I could have done without the B plot in this episode, but oh, I'm sure we'll talk about that later. I got a soft spot for the B plot, but uh, oh, actually, this specific B plot I wasn't a big fan of. But we'll talk about this later on. We will. Okay. Talk about yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about this later. Yeah, because I, I, it was everything else was just so, you know, um, it, yeah. What's the word? Because not all of it was happy. Because you learn, you know, some sad, sad things. But but it was just. You know, it gets still it kind of it kind of broke me out of my um, my re- revelry of seeing those characters again when we lost one. That you know. Well, anyway, we'll talk about that later. I'm it sure was, <laughs> it was perfect, though. I mean, genuinely. Okay, well, we'll talk. I loved we'll it. talk. All right, perfect. <laughs> no, perfect, I love, so such a good episode. Both of these episodes, I I love. Yeah, this was good. It was good. Uh, it's a bit heartwarming <laughs> as well that how how warm these make you feel like you know yeah the the real fuzzies from these ones right okay yeah, to see why, why Picard 
why, why Picard wants to go back home and family and why he wants, you know, why he thinks of Nepenthe to go to, you know, when he needs help. And yeah, he's, he's and, got a better support system than he even as a, you know, is aware of <laughs> consciously but, aware of, but that's why it's, it, that's why these two episodes work so well together because yeah. in family, he's gone back following his encounter with the Borg and his transformation as Locutus. Right. And he goes to Nepenthe because he hasn't got that family to go back to anymore. You know, he's lost them, unfortunately. Oh. But he's got, you know, he's built a new, he's got another family he can rely upon. He's got other right. people he can call upon. And it is that, you know, that just th- th- those characters coming together and demonstrating their love for one another. It really was a, a very, pl- you know, really pleasant thing to watch. <laughs> so, nah. oh, so wonderful. Hopefully this has been a nice one to talk about. Nice couple yeah. of episodes. Uh, and can I just say as well, you picked all the categories this week and I thought they were <laughs> really, really good. Even the ones we, even the ones we're not using, I was like, wow, these are great categories. Um, so everyone listen out for them. They're particularly good. Oh, well, thank you for saying that. It's funny because I, I, I feel like you know I had a long list of some not so good categories, and you managed to pick out the <laughs> pick out the ones that were okay. I, I thought these were all really good. <laughs> Sometimes I'll just spitball and just be like, you know, throw out all these categories, and some of them are ridiculous. And <laughs> Ross is really good at uh, <laughs> nice. I love that. that would actually work. <laughs> but thank you, Commander. I would like to remind you about my poetry reading this afternoon. I wouldn't miss it for the world. I can't wait to see what he's come up with. As ever, we begin each podcast with a lyrical recap of the episodes under discussion. Jen, would you like to give your lyrical recap of Family? Okay. Okay. I do. I have a little, I know I always have a little preamble before I give my, my poem here. And this is no exception. Um, but, but you alluded to it earlier about uh, Picard no longer having his, um, you know, Labar family mm-hmm. uh, to go back to. And I, I will talk about this once and then I won't talk about it again because it's not in our episode. But the death of Rene Picard is one of the saddest things that has ever happened in the Star Trek universe to mm-hmm. me. And I will never get over it. <laughs> Uh, in in Star Trek Generations, um, it happens merely four years after the events of our episode "Family" that we're talking about today, um, and it adds a, a great deal of melancholy to my rewatching of this episode. Um, so, with that being said, uh, my my poem is. Um, is a little bit more about Rene Picard than it is about Jean-Luc Picard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. And it is called Someday. Someday I will be leaving for a starship of my own. Someday I will explore the stars, fly off to places yet unknown. Someday I'll be the captain. I'll be making all the calls. I'll set the course for stellar flares, pulsars, nebulas. I want to see it all. My father does not understand. His opinions are quite loud. But I'll take what he's taught me, and at least I know I'll make my mother proud. My uncle gets to live the dream, but right now he's sad, I see. I know he'll get back up there soon. It's where he's meant to be. Tonight I'll sit beneath the tree, watch the stars for which I yearn, and dream of adventures yet to come. Someday it will be my turn.
Jen, that was amazing. I actually feel a little teary having having listened to that. That Thank was you. really, really good. And I love the perspective. You know, what what a treat. Well, thank you. I just, I just feel so, so gutted for the loss of, of all that potential. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly so what you mean. That's, yeah. So, but that's the last all. <laughs> Maybe the last all. Maybe. I will oh, bring it up. You know, I get. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So, R.I.P. Renee Picard. Oh. Okay. <laughs> all right. Nepenthe, I'm so interested to see. To hear, I'm sorry. I'm so interested to hear your lyrical recap for Nepenthe. Okay, so I've not rewritten a lyrical recap. As if you follow me on Twitter, I have been tweeting out uh, limericks for each episode of Star Trek Picard. Yes. So I'm just going to read you my my recap of Nepenthe, and that's okay. really all they are. Sometimes it'd be hard to get a focus in a limerick, so it is genuinely yeah. a recap. <laughs> That's theoretically what we're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> I know we usually never go there. So this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, Vivine, wild girl of the wood. Troy and Riker enjoy parenthood. One more slice to eat of bunnycorn pizza. Narissa <laughs> murders Hugh in cold blood. <laughs> <laughs> the bunnycorn pizza being so near the Hugh. <laughs> I know, I know. Like well, things, a, a lot of stuff happens in that episode, and I've only got five lines. It does, it does. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> a lot of stuff happens, a lot of stuff happens. And we will talk about all of it. We cover the whole yes. spectrum. Oh, for sure. Okay. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Okay. Well, Jen, <laughs> would you like to select the first category for us? Okay. Um, all right. Well, you know what? Let's let's start at the beginning. Let's set the set the stage uh, with location, location, location. I love it. Absolutely love <laughs> it. Right. Okay. Well, I am going to shout out to the board cube because I do think it adds a very much a haunted house vibe. I really enjoy the reclamated board cube a lot too. Yeah, I, haunted I think, house. I think it looks vibe. great. I think they use it quite well, and they use it here in. To quite good effect, but it's more of a sort of dystopian shooting gallery in this episode. <laughs> so it's not as nice in this episode, but you know, the board keeps you going to mention as our secondary location. It would of- be a good, make a good level of a shooting video game. Now you say it that way, you know, with all the little hallways and stuff to hide around. And, and the fact that it shifts, <laughs> it moves. Yeah, yeah. There's the secret rooms and it Ooh, all yeah. looks quite similar, but then there's tiny little differences. I'd love to have spent more time on that cube. Yeah, and the the industrial space, but like with the eerie green glow. Yes, and the <laughs> fact that around any corner there might be something alive. I think it's very much yeah. a horror, oh, yeah. bit, which I absolutely right. love. Um, uh, I mean, for my location, of course, I've got to pick the idyllic Nepenthe. Oh, my God. Gorgeous, oh. expansive environment, uh, which has regenerative, ugh, regenerative properties where fruit and vegetables and herbs grow in massive abundance, where the bunny corns frolic and play <laughs> until they are captured and prepped for cooking by the Vivine. <laughs> in the distance, on the horizon, you have these They are massive... venomous. <laughs> Say again? They are venomous, apparently. They're venomous, they're you ven- know, but she cut the venom sacks out, so they're perfectly fine. It's oh, like eating no. one of those puffer fish. No problem. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, continue. In the distance on the horizon, you have these massive looping rock formations, which sort of Beautiful. go from mountaintop to mountaintop. Um, 
the house itself is beautiful log cabin isolated uh it just looks like such a wonderful place to live access to a lake with a little jetty in fact the only drawback i can really see is that they do have some trouble with the kazinti and they need <laughs> force fields i'm not sure how comfortable i'd feel living in a house that required force fields but yeah. i guess i guess i guess they're used to it by now so that is I mean, a little scary <laughs> Just for sheer beauty and ideal setting and a, a place to go. Location, location, location. You could do worse than Nepenthe. Oh, and, and I mean it just, you didn't even talk you didn't even talk about the, the house itself, the gorgeous mountain Big old cabin. Wooden house. Oh, yeah. With beautiful expansive windows in the kitchen and you know. And the oh, wood, the wood pizza wood, oven in the, in the yeah, backyard. I, 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 Garden. Thought, I was thinking oh. purely about the the scenery, but you're right. The house yeah. is, it was no, a gorgeous looking house. Yeah. Um, who wouldn't want to even, live there? Even like even like the dinner table is is just so so warm and inviting, and you know, and I the did garden. like all the candles on the dinner table. I thought that yeah. the setup with the candles was quite good. That was a nice touch, I thought. And um, yeah, and apparently they can grow these amazing. Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, just grow everything. Just everything grows, like weeds. Everything grows. Basil. <laughs> like weeds. <laughs> it's, a, it's an amazing, amazing place. It's good. I, I did, but it's always, everything's tinged with sadness when they talk about it. Yeah. Because they've only gone there. They haven't gone there because of the beautiful idyllic lifestyle right. or the, the, great, the land or the location. They've gone there because it has properties which might help somebody survive a little longer right which so everything is mildly tinged by sadness and we'll definitely touch on this a bit later on um it is yeah it is but this is also this is also thad's um oh what was the word he made up for his home planet adani this this is thad's adani you know so even though it is tinged with that sadness it's also probably comforting for them to be there you know as opposed you know i'd probably rather be there yeah, this was his, you know, Adani, his place. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, so and that's the thing with both of these episodes. I think, yeah, that you know, no matter what you say, in the background, you sort of got these thoughts in your mind, like right. it, should have been, it should have been different. There should have been a better outcome than what we got. Right. Aww. Oh, my God. <laughs> the, first, the first one, and we're already like, whoa, 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 whoa. we're down in the doldrums. Oh yeah, but that's okay. There will be enough uh, <laughs> <laughs> stuff to talk about too. But um, oh, and the other thing about the Panthe, the moon. There's is it, what was it like three moons in the sky? Yes, when they, they had a lot the of last moons. shot at the end. Yeah, and, those are. And we I mean, shouldn't we shouldn't beautiful. neglect the transport links either. There's only one shuttle every week, but you could go to speak to <laughs> Captain Crandall, and he'll get you a starship. I can't remember what his starship was called. The 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 uh, something the something maneuver. I can't remember what, the, what it was called. Oh yeah, I don't. Know. I just remember the guy's name was Rupert Crandall. Rupert <laughs> just Crandall. Such, a, such a great old crackpot name. I was convinced <laughs> we wouldn't get to see Crandall. Rupert Crandall. I thought we'd definitely meet Rupert. Crandall. I, oh, I really would love to see Rupert Crandall. Um, I want a short tracks <laughs> with Kestra and Thad in happier times with Rupert <laughs> talking um, to Rupert Crandall yes. in the spaceport. <laughs> Crandall. Oh man, what a great crackpot name! I love yes, it. it 
Yeah, but yeah, you got the spaceport nearby, you know, it's a little bit of civilization. It doesn't sound like they're too far. You know, they get to enjoy the wilderness, but also they're not too far from civilization. Yeah. And like you said, I guess you do have to worry about the the Kazenti. <laughs> I know. Do you know the Kazenti? Are you are you uh, okay with yeah, that? From the, uh, from the animated series. Yeah, I absolutely oh, love well, that reference because yeah, yeah. That that's episode, a great reference. The Slaver Weapon is my favorite episode of the animated series. Oh, so I was I glad to hear them get a, oh, get a oh, little yeah. shout out. Yeah, I when I when the first time I watched it, I again I watched it you know in the middle of the night for me. But I I, I thought he said Zindi, and then I was really confused. And then I'm like, hmm, there's Zindi on this planet. I wonder which kind of Zindi. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay, Zindi. Okay, I miss I misheard that. <laughs> but um, yeah. Oh, Nepenthe. Nepenthe. Uh, and the waterfall when they first get there, it's a little waterfall in the woods yes, and everything. I completely forgot about the waterfall. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It is, oh, it is a lovely place. Planet. And, and I, when I first saw the bunny corns, I didn't realise <laughs> it had a horn. And I was like, what are you calling it a bunny corn? And it wasn't until yeah. I rewatched it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it has a horn. And I, yeah, I get. I mean, I, I, I get a little bit sad about the bunny corn. <laughs> Why? About them, I, I thought we were past killing animals. I for, for we food. Pa- I thought we were past I, that I mean, as well. I know that Riker makes a big deal out of it in like a series. Yeah, Riker's episode. the one that mentions it in TNG, yeah. right? Yeah. But um, and I get, but I guess I, I, I my head to get around that is is that they're like an invasive species that's causing trouble because you know if they have venom sacs, maybe they're like destroying. Maybe they're overrun with bunny, bunny corn and they're yeah, destroying the local habitat or something. And they, <laughs> and they have to humanely... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Sausage form. <laughs> sausage form, I guess. Oh, man. <laughs> I would probably take my pizza without the bunny corn sausage. Uh, I was, but a tomato I was basil piece. I, I was keen to try one. <laughs> I'd, yeah, I guess I'd probably have to try it. Just... <laughs> Try it once. Doesn't say I've tried it, but <laughs> but I do love tomato and basil on my pizza. So, mm-hmm. all right. So that's Nepenthe in family. Our location, location, location is not too shabby either. So you know, picture it: La Bar, France, twenty three sixty seven, the vineyards of Chateau Picard. <laughs> Um, which uh, you, you you get the beautiful, um, expansive shot, you know, of the the vineyards themselves with the hillsides in the back and the village, the quaint, you know, village yes. in the background. Um, he's the sounds in this episode. You know, every time they're outside, you hear, you know, the 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 bugs are chirping and the birds are singing, you know, and, and the beautiful expansive clear sky of the countryside, you know, that you only see in the true countryside. Yeah. Um, that, that ending shot with Renee Picard sitting under the tree, watching the sky and the, and the shooting star goes by. It doesn't get any more perfect than that. For, for these um, scenes, you'd almost forget you're watching a science fiction you could yeah. be watching something from 1850, like a Thomas Hardy, yeah. because it's so nicely done. Yeah, and Picard even talks about that. He says, you know, everything is exactly as as he remembers it, you know, as if unchanged mm. by the passage of time. And and I know that that's what his father and brother were going for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
particular. Um, but it, it's it's gorgeous, and I, and I, I they've ex- they made it even better in Picard. That's I know that's not part of part of that family episode, but but with the gorgeous porch and and the the balcony that looks out on the vineyards and yeah. his bedroom and the oh my god and the kitchen you, you know you see more you see the kitchen and and his study. <laughs> It's absolutely amazing isn't oh, it? And it has integrated yeah. all this technology into it as well hasn't it yeah. you know you've got replicators you've got computer terminals now yeah but in the original in family <laughs> not here all, not, not in family yeah no, it's and, and, and the, but it's you know yeah you know beautiful house you know it's got it's got marie in it which is another bonus because <laughs> she's just a gem <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I mean, just, uh, you can't, you can't get a more idyllic setting than the vineyards of Chateau Picard. And it's also, you know, to, yeah, just to walk the vines. I yeah. love the, the backdrops that you saw in family. And I was yeah. really quite interested to see how that compares to the backdrops or the, the, the special effects they've put into Picard and to yeah. see how closely they've kept it going. Because I thought they looked great in both of the uh, oh, both the so episodes. Yeah, yeah, and they put yeah, and they put you know it apparently like you could it's close enough you could take a nice walk from the village to the video. You know, when we first see him, he's, he's walking in the in the woods, you know, in the little path t- towards Chateau Picard, and and just and and the, they play that that music, the music they play, like the <laughs> stereotypical. Yeah. You know, yeah little french ditty and it's just uh it's just so beautiful and is yeah i'm i'm fairly convinced convinced that nepenthe is not a real place but (laughs) le bar presumably exists in france i wonder if they take it seriously i know that some places kirk's hometown has got a statue of kirk right that's right, they're putting one in Janeway sometimes. They are. One in, where does Janeway come from? Uh, Bloomington, Indiana, right? Yes. Yeah, something like that. She, But they're putting a statue up of her. Wherever she's from, she's yeah. getting a statue. I wonder if Le Bar France, they've got like a little bust of Picard on display. Yeah. That's so funny. I don't know the answer to that. I'm going to look now to see where Le Bar France is. <laughs> Yeah, and well, I know there's a real Chateau Picard. There is. That's why they've been uh, hawking the, uh, <laughs> the the wine um, with the label from the from the episode from the premiere episode. And um, I have bought some. <laughs> have is, it, is it? Does it taste nice? <laughs> it's so good. So apparently, the real Chateau Picard is not in La Bar, France. It's no. in a different town in, and it's in the Bordeaux region. So I guess okay. if so, I guess. The fictional Chateau Picard would not be making a board a Bordeaux blend, but um, but who cares? Because it's delicious. <laughs> it's really good. So <laughs> the one that I had, I had the 2016. I think now they're selling the 2017. I'm sure Rafi would approve. You gotta go for it. You, you know, be a, a, a <laughs> oh yeah, she wanted the 2386 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted. So just looking at a map. Le Bar is right on the east side of France, just near Switzerland. Okay. But I reckon I could probably yeah. drive there in a day. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Because I live right that next to... That would be a, a nice little day. That would be... Oh, well, a, a day there, 
an evening there and then a day back, probably. <laughs> right, right. Because the ferry will probably only take me about two hours. Ooh. This is it. Well, and I and I know the the building that they used in Picard for to be Chateau Picard is in California somewhere. Oh my god, you could go to California. I can go to the bar. <laughs> I am across the country from California. <laughs> it would right. take me a very long time to get there. A reasonable excuse. But yeah. <laughs> but oh, I'd love to. <laughs> I want to go. I want them. I wonder if they would. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's a private home. I don't think it's like a like like it's a real like it's a real building. Like it's a real not open to vineyard. visitors. Presumably, <laughs> yeah. But they could charge me a lot of money to go and just look out on that balcony. Yeah. I would pay them a lot of money for that. And just look well, out I mean, on the vineyard. That would be a pretty exciting thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's get on it. Yeah. Okay. So for points wise, though, with these two unbelievable locations, which uh, uh, where's your point? I would literally go to both of these places and spend a good so. long time in both yeah. of them. Um, I am going to say I would probably like to go. I would probably like to go to Picard's Chateau in Le Bar. Oh. And drink some of the wine and, you know, spend some time exploring the countryside and hearing about the Picard family history. So my, I think my point's going, I'm really struggling with this. My point is (laughs) to go to to Le Bar and to the Picard Vineyard. I would love to go to Nepenthe, but I realised that, you know, (laughs) they... They went there because they went there for a reason, which is quite uh, quite a sad reason. And that shouldn't detract a point, but I, I just it's so there's so much positivity going on in in the Picard Chateau. That's where I want to. <laughs> That's where I'm going. I think I'm going to give my point to Nepenthe. I think I would be really happy just in that cabin in the woods, and you know, hanging out by the lake and. Yeah. <laughs> Eating pizza, pizza from the the wood, you know, the wood oven and the <laughs> the wood pizza oven in the uh, backyard, and yeah, and eating food from the garden. I th- I, th- I think, yeah, I, I it just it, it feels. I understand your point about the tinge of sadness there, but now kind of um, Chateau Picard has that too. Absolutely, now. Absolutely. but you're right, not in this episode. If we're ta- if we're talking about this episode, it doesn't have that. Well, that's our but, podcast. Um, we talk about however we want, we do whatever we like. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I think I think Nepenthe for me because okay. you know it's it's funny. Uh, um, it looks very similar to to Kirk's vision. Kirk's uh, Nexus yes. house, <laughs> which is also another place I would just love to go. I saw that. <laughs> I, I read some speculation that it was the same place. I, yeah, I, I yeah. did have a look to make sure, but it, I don't Very think it is similar. the same place. Yeah, and we've got Kirk and and Riker um, doing amazing things in the kitchen, <laughs> which I like. And <laughs> I I do love it. Oh man, and you know I I I love Kirk chopping wood. <laughs> Rikers, so they had to get wood for that pizza oven somehow. I'm pretty sure Rikers chopping wood too, and and I just I love that. 
So that's, <laughs> that's where I'm a, a big mountain man sort of grizzly fantasy. Oh, I love it. Is this what's happening? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> men, men chopping wood is my thing. <laughs> to be enough. honest. <laughs> and I think, yeah, yeah, now that I... <laughs> Now that I've said too much, <laughs> I'll give my point to defend the Fine. So I'm, I'm happy that, that that's a split decision. I'm happy too. Oh my God. Two amazing, amazing locations. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. I absolutely <laughs> love both those places and would happily go to either. Same okay. here. One all. One, one all up. after round one. After round one. How long is this podcast going to be? <laughs> Five rounds. We got this. Right. Okay. <laughs> Where are we going next? What's the next category? Uh, okay, well, let's. You set the location. Well, let's keep it going. What was the most adorable blonde child welcome wagon? <laughs> Again, it's wonderful that there's two of these that they that Nepenthe referenced family by by having the the introduction be to the child. Yes. You know, maybe from the child, which I thought was really great. So. I just loved it. I oh, loved so good. it. Uh, so watching good. them in chronological order is just perfect. Yeah. I loved yeah. it. So in family, we have the adorable Renee Picard, who they could not have picked a better child actor. <laughs> like a more like adorable little bowl cut, cutie patootie <laughs> little kid. <laughs> With his little high pitched voice, and he's so cute, and um, and he, and I, I love that they bring that same actor back for Rascals. Yes, I thought that was great as well. Young really Picard is really good. The kid, that kid's just great. Um, but it's it's a it's really adorable because you see Picard, you know, walking walking down the the little path in the woods, and and you know he he um he sees Renee, and he's like, and they they do that little thing like he places it. He's like, oh, a highwayman. <laughs> Yes, that was good. Adorable, and and and, uh, and you know, and Renee Renee is younger than Kestra, um, well, you know, so so it's a little bit different. But it, but then they have that little cute, that cute little exchange where um, where he says, "Oh, you're I know who you are. You're my nephew." And it's adorable. And Picard's really, you know, Picard who doesn't like kids is is having a really cute exchange with him you know like meeting him on his level and it's really cute i thought it was great um, i, I yeah. loved it and i loved when they called each other uncle and nephew and then they kept yeah. going through the episode oh, that's funny goodness. isn't it that's funny and cute and there's there's no good reason for it apart from it's such a human thing to do yeah yeah it's really cute and and you know and then and then it's funny and then you do i mean you do learn something from that scene too because he's like he's like oh um you don't look you don't look like like such an arrogant son of a yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. oh. we'll talk about this later on yeah it's like you know you know right away, you know there's something you know between the two brothers and and um uh, it's just he's just the cutest little kid and you know and, he, and it's, it's really cute because he's a little bit of a of a you know doppel doppelganger is not the right word um for picard is it me what word, what word am i thinking of or like a son a surrogate yeah like a, he's like a surrogate for picard um you know like when picard was young he represents yeah. everything picard, picard was when picard was young you know about how he's he just you know wants he's just looking towards the future instead of towards the past like his brother and yeah and his hopefulness and and how picard must have felt you know when he first left home 
to, you know, on his life adventure. And, and, you know, I think one of the things Picard needed was to be reminded of that. And Renee did that, you know? Yeah. I, he, he, that meeting where they, they come across each other, it's a nice introduction to the fact that Picard is not so keen, you know, that there's a family (laughs) tension and a family sort of stranger. And the fact that he hasn't actually met Renee before. Yes. It's so strange. Um, and then he, once he arrives at the vineyard, you find out that he actually hasn't met Robert's wife either, but they've corresponded quite a lot. So it's like yes. they've, kept it, they've been in touch. She is a gem, that yeah. one. <laughs> um, we could probably talk about her a little bit more later, but she okay. is a gem. And, and they do, they make that point, um, you know, when, when he thanks her, he, just, he says, thank you for corresponding with me. It made me feel like I was, you know, still part of the family and, and I, I think it's nice that she she took charge of doing that, mm-hmm. even because you know Robert yeah. <laughs> wasn't going to be doing that. And, and he's the uh, character she, in his own right. That guy. Oh, well, <laughs> he is not my favorite person in the world. We, we can talk about that a little bit later. Um, yes, but uh, but Marie, yeah. So so she she also gave him that that sense of of family and 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 belonging and you know she and she says all all kinds of different lines all her lines are all like oh this is this is your home this will always be your home it will you know will always be here for you and and you always were part of the family even though you weren't gone and you know and and, and just she's just a delight and a gem and you can see where renee gets his charm it's Mm. not from robert (laughs) spoiler alert yeah (laughs) Okay, so what adorable blonde child gave the welcome wagon in Nepenthe? <laughs> well, as as Picard and Soji materialize through the spatial tra- trajector, they are captured in the sights of a Vivine wild girl of the woods. And she sort of appears backlit by the sun and cuts like a menacing shadow and then approaches wielding a bow. And she's very reminiscent of... Have you seen the film Princess Mononoke? No. It's a Studio Ghibli film. And actually, Kestra, it very much, she very much reminds me of Princess Mononoke and her appearance. I'm writing so, that down right now. Uh, it's a little bit scary, that one, but it's, uh, okay. it's an excellent <laughs> film. Um, she's not as self-assured as Princess Mononoke, certainly. As soon as Picard sees who it is, he goes straight into uncle mode. And this yes. scene is just massively reminiscent of the scene in family where he's talked, no. where he speaks to uh, uh, Renee. Yeah. Um, he advises her to aim for his head because his heart <laughs> is made of pure duritanium. I thought that was very funny. And then that was a great reference too. It's like, Oh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, artificial art. Not anymore. Now uh, he's all yeah, artificial. Well, now, yeah, it's still artificial art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then Kestra walks them back to the house, but it's really, it's really odd because she just immediately she's talking to Soji. They've left Picard behind. Yes. Um, that's funny. Yeah, those two you, clicked right away. Yeah, and it was great, and that really yeah. set the tone like for the entire too. rest of the episode. Um, you get a fantastic feel for what kind of person Kestra is from the questions she's asking. She's very honest and very free-spirited. And then at the end of the welcome wagon, it's Kestra who 
accidentally reveals to Soji that she is an android. And then the tone of the scene becomes a lot more serious because Picard has to start explaining how he knows what's going on and, you know, that not everything is is a lie. Darge is real, but I'm sorry, Darge is dead. And, it, you know, the welcome wagon at that point is gone entirely. <laughs> it's but a lot it, to process. <laughs> yeah. But it, it just flows so well. It just works perfectly. Even though you've gone from a really bizarre, you know, a, a girl out of nowhere speaking a foreign language, she has a bow, starts having a little chat. It's a bit funny. They walk to the house. It suddenly becomes incredibly serious. So much happens, but it just it works constantly all the way through. It was a really fantastic yeah. scene, the welcome wagon scene. And I love the fact it just did seem to play on what happened in family. I just thought it was yeah. so well done. It was such a nice reference to mm-hmm. such a great scene. And, and, and you're right, and Picard gets to play uncle again right away. He plays yeah. uncle with Kestra. Right. It's the same, exact same way you did it with Renee. It was a really yeah. nice callback. And oh my God, Kestra, what a delight she is. She She's is such just a great so amazing. She's if, so they're not, amazing. if they're not investing in some uh-huh. sort of whatever it is, you know, is it going to be a you know a short trek or a yeah. you know a, a, a special whereby she's I don't know Starfleet Academy or something? They are going oh to miss God. a trick. Yeah, and I don't yeah, think she it's can't, just the character. She can't no, no, that actress as well who the played actress. her. So she was good. incredible. Yeah, really good. Yeah, I really hope she's not a one and done character. She's so great. No. That would be perfect if they did. I would love to see the the Starfleet Academy series, but. She would be amazing in there. Yeah. Oh so my gosh. Having a character like that suddenly made me think a start a, 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 a an academy series could be yeah. actually very good. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You if, if it would be if you if you didn't put like stock characters that are usually in a teenage show, you know, like oh, let you know, if you don't make it like the nerd, the princess, the you know, yeah, it's the not the breakfast like, club, like, yeah. right? If you don't, if you make it the yeah, if you don't do the breakfast club, if you if you don't have any character, if all your characters don't fit into those neat boxes, like Kestra, Kestra does not fit into any of those boxes. No, and yeah, you have personalities like that, and it would be so amazing. She is absolutely oh unique, and that's yeah. what makes her such an interesting character. You don't really find many, yeah. many other characters like her at all. Right. Yeah, um, and just you know, just great, great to watch all the way through the episode. She's Fantastic. So yeah. Um, oh, it makes me. It just breaks my heart for her that she lost that, and and I love, I love the way she's keeping his spirit alive by speaking his languages, you know, and cosplaying as a wild girl of the woods. And I, I know, you know we might, we might oh. talk about the languages again, yeah. but I just want to get on record that I absolutely love that they are made, talking about constructed languages in this episode, because this, yeah, is, this is right up your alley. This is, this is very much a sort of a, a hobby of mine, your sort of reading house. about, uh, about constructed languages and how they work and why people make them. So to suddenly, out of nowhere, have it mentioned, it was a right. real thrill for me. And awesome. then to just go on and on about it, I was like, this, yeah. is, this is great. This is exactly what I love. Yeah, and it, and it becomes what we know about Thad. Like, like we, it, those, the details about all the languages he made tells us so much about that character. I feel like I know that character, <laughs> even though we've never got to meet him. 
it's it's such a wonderful idea that somebody could be so yeah. creative and think of these you know think of something and then make it work you know bring something to life uh, i just love that i love that idea me too oh man so good. yeah yeah okay i do not feel comfortable giving points in this category <laughs> I, don't how, I don't know how i could vote against either one of these adorable gems oh man they both work so hard in the episodes and they're both so good <laughs> so good and it's just like it's it's more also just what renee represents you know and god i know so kestra's probably better developed of a character and she's older you know so she has more you know depth um to, you know than renee who's just basically you know wants to <laughs> yeah. be a starship captain um Oh man! But the very fact they brought the actor back to be young Picard as well later on, yeah, that's that such a and clever he, move. Yeah, he was great in that episode too. Yeah, <laughs> love Rascals. Let's let's just give them a point each. Yeah, I would like to do that if that's right. okay. That's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's no rules, and we are quarantined, and yeah. this is. Yeah, this is quarantine this madness. Is bringing, right, we quarantine do whatever madness. we like. Anything can happen. There are we no do rules. Whatever we like. This is our podcast, Jen. That's right. That's like. right. Uh, yes, that that's what I want to do. Yes. <laughs> At the end oh, of round yeah. two, two points each, and well deserved. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's so funny because I think that's the strength in both these episodes: the location and the and the child are two yeah. of the biggest strengths. So absolutely, I'm I'm glad. Absolutely. I'm happy. Just splitting it between the two. Well, let's uh, let's see how the next uh, rounds play out, and we'll see if things yeah, change. Jen, would you like to select a round three? All right, let's uh, let's let's switch the um, the focus here a little bit and move on to um, best B plot moment. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> why don't you get started for Nepenthe and give us what you think is the best moment in the B plot? So actually, there is a lot of B plot in Nepenthe. There is. Um, yeah. Girati and O in flashback. Hugh, Elnor, and Arissa on the cube. Uh, the crew of the La Serena versus the Snakehead. I mean, the recap on the cold open is like 10 minutes long. And they don't even go to Nepenthe. Before the credits have rolled, you've watched 10 minutes. Um, and so much happens. Uh, however, so there, there are some interesting bits which I might touch on in other in other parts, other categories. Um, but I did love uh, Rios's piloting of... Uh, of La Serena while he was being stalked by, by Narek. I thought that was just, he just, he was just really cool. I love, I love the pilot aspect. I liked yeah. seeing it. Um, so that, that was great. But I, I obviously selected the most important point of the B plot. We, I mean, in any other episode, this would have been an A plot. Right. Hugh's death. 
I mean, this is not necessarily say I like this moment because I don't like it. I, you know, I, I'm not sure Hugh's death was really required. That's and what I sh- feel. I did think it should have been a lot harder to kill a former drone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, yeah. was a little disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he basically was... just like peeked around the corner too, too far out, and she got him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like a battle. It is is an important character, you know. Mm -hmm. Hugh is a big character, and he was one of the reasons why, you know, Picard went from being a show which is going to be a, you know, a show about Picard to being a a show which is going to be a legacy show because we're not just getting Picard as the character; we're getting other characters whom we know really well. Yeah. When once Hugh and Seven are coming back, I was like, "Wow, this is going to be huge! This isn't just..." you know, a small story. This is going to be a massive story. Um, and his death is important because it does have, it has an impact on Elnor immediately. Right. And it does bring Seven back into the story in a roundabout way. But poor Hugh, you know, I really like him as a character. And I think I actually liked him more in Picard than I did, when you know, in TNG. I yeah. thought he was a lot. Of fun. I thought he was very funny. I thought that his humor really came through. There's a scene in one of the earlier episodes. I forget which one when he calls uh, Soji a know-it-all, <laughs> and, was, and I always and that was like always brought a little smile to my face. That's a funny sort of friendly, humorous thing to do. And even when I don't care for that term, know-it-all. <laughs> no, but, but I get what you're saying. I get, I get, I get what you're saying. <laughs> And I, I like you better too. And not that I didn't like him in Next Generation, but but here he just he's grown so much in his individuality, and you can see it. And yeah. and what he's chosen to do with his life, with his newfound freedom in his life, you know, is saving saving these other, you know, ex Borgs. And, and I think that's really important he's because so he's amazing. still he's still working with the ex Borgs. He's still working with the Borg. But he's not. It's not like being a Borg has defined his life. It, yeah. He's choosing to work with them, but he's choosing because it's it's coming from a good place that he wants to help people, and he knows he has the expertise. But it's not the only thing, you know. That it, the fact that he was a Borg doesn't necessarily, you know, obviously is a factor, but it's not the overwhelming thing about him. Yeah, you know, he he's got other strengths. He he cares about the people he's working with. That's right. what's really important. Yes. And yeah. Oh man. His death, I I felt really bad about, and I didn't yeah. really believe he was dead until the end credits rolled in episode ten. Yeah. Same. Same here. Um. Yeah. And and like, oh, I don't think it was necessary either. Um. Like. Like. Okay. Now. Now. We, I. I hate Narissa, but I already hated her before. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um. Him and El. The. The. God, the scene with him, his actual death with El- with Elnor was really, really poignant, and and it made me well one sad that he's de- he's dead, he's dying, but also just sad that we didn't get to see more of them interacting together. They would have made a really great team. Yes, you know, I, I really feel like we'd have benefited from th- you know probably five more episodes of this season. Yeah, yeah. Do, that- do, I mean, this B plot really should have been an A plot in his own episode. Right. And yeah, but uh, yeah, and and then I guess you know. So then he he died. So that's why you know and he gave, he gave Elnor 
the calling card to call seven, but he could have just as easily have called seven. Yeah. You know, they could yeah, He may know. not have thought of it though. And yeah. I'm not sure he I'm knew sure. to do it. Did he was he aware that uh He was the one that he gave Elnor the the um card, didn't he? No, I thought no, that but I thought that came from you. I mean that uh, would Elnor have known without being given that card from from Hugh? Yeah, but then then you would have called her, is what I'm saying. Oh, I see what you mean. Like like I don't know. They could have they could have did some something to like beep bop boop. Oops, I can't get this word cube to activate. I, maybe I should call my friend Seven. She might be able to fix it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you could have done. I don't know. I don't think they had to waste a whole character to get Seven on the word cube. No, I agree. But, they could have done um, anything. So yeah, I, so, I thought, so I was a little little bummed that that happened. But I, I was also a bit bummed, and I really felt like that he would have been the easiest character to bring back. I think if he'd come back to life, yeah, I would have been. I would have been okay with that. Like I'd I thought, been okay with it, and it wouldn't have been a stretch. I don't think. I would have been like, "Oh, Elnor's going to hook him up to some board thing in the board cube, and he's going to regenerate, and he's going to be better, right? Right? <laughs> That's what's going to happen." I know that Elnor wouldn't know how to do that, but I thought Seven would know. How to I know. Do that. I thought yeah. Seven would arrive and just be like, "Just yeah. you know, nanotubules out, give him a boost of." Right. Yeah, those nanoprobes. The nanoprobes. <laughs> I just thought that would happen. They I just stopped everything. That was going to happen. In every other episode, the up probes fix it all. <laughs> I, did, I did feel bad for Elnor because I feel like he's really put through the ringer yeah. all the time. I, I feel yeah. like he never really catches a break, poor Elnor. Oh, my God, Elnor. I love him. <laughs> he, he's really, you know, for all of his power, he you really feel like he's a very young character. Oh, yeah. He's young and vulnerable. Yeah. But also strong. <laughs> yeah. So he's, it's a really yeah. contradictory character, but... Yeah. And I like that. I mean, his, his he goes, he follows the path of least resistance in, um, in the sense that he he goes to the most. How do they say it? The the lost most lost of the yeah. of causes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. So he follows the path of least resistance. There, you know, he left Picard when he, you know, said the board the board cube needs me more, and and they went back, you know, to Picard and. Um, later on in the season, and I, I like, I love that about him. I think that's really cool, and and yeah. the fact that he, you know, has absolute candor. I will never get tired of that. I, I think that's that. great. That's I love that as an idea, and that's what's great about some of these this, this series is that yeah. it's just taking its ideas. You know, absolute yeah. candor is not a not a science fiction concept. Right. It's just a clever idea, but yeah. the fact that he's yeah. thought of it and weaved it into part of Romulan culture because yes. so much of Romulan culture is secret. It, yes. It's obvious that an aspect of it would be antithetical to that and would have a yeah. have a way of speaking which represented their way of life and their their way of being in opposition to the traditional stereotypes. Yeah. I, I love it. I love that idea. I do too. I um, like uh uh the part the the part of your B plot that I like the best is is right before the death when you know, Nerissa, Nerissa, who was amazing as a bad guy, she's yeah, so awesome. She's but she, she's like, that is not how, what did she say? That is not how Jat Vash fights Kavat Malat. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And, then they, and then they start uh, going at it <laughs> hand to hand, you know, which great. I thought was great. I really like that. And, and that, so that's not, and then I was like, oh man, this is a great fight scene. And then she just like, while she's fighting Elnor, she whips that thing at you and oh my god it's so, <laughs> so unnecessary. yeah anyway so. we salute you oh yes <laughs> we do
that was oh, my man. B plot moment. Okay. Jen, what did you have for B plot moment? Okay. So family's interesting because we have a B plot and a C plot. Yes. Um, but so we have, and, and it all, it all has to do with family. Of course. Um, we have Worf and his parents and we have the crushers, Wesley getting a, a message from his father, um, you know, from, from when Wesley was a baby before his father died. So these are two, um, the, the, the crusher one's a little bit, uh, thin, you know, it's just. It's Be- you know, Beverly gets a box of stuff and, and it had this hollow, you know, message in it um, for when Wesley was turned, you know, 18 or whatever. And, yeah. and then he, you know, he, then he listens to it and it's, it's a little too on the nose <laughs> message to really, yeah. hit, you know, to really have like an impact for me. Yeah. Um, Cause it's a little bit too, it's like fits exactly what we're talking about in this episode you know kind of thing yeah but it was nice it did did fit the episode you know and it it hit a the last time i watched this episode was was yesterday (laughs) you know i did one one more little Mm -hmm. um review of it but right i had just watched the movie the new pixar movie onward okay have you seen that yet no no oh my god think about this scene in with wesley and his dad when you watch uh, onwards that you should with your kids it's a really good it's actually probably my favorite pixar movie now oh, right, okay. um but so I, I won't say too much but it, it involves you know a, a kid and his his father who's passed away but mm. um but yeah it, it's just funny because it happened to coincide perfectly <laughs> with this episode um but so that added a little bit more this time but so my my best moment's not in the crusher thing because that, that's just a little thin yeah. But um okay, so Worf and his parents crack me up. <laughs> I, love, I love this plot. I thought this was really funny. I didn't get bored oh it at all. I, I mean I totally get how Worf feels. I don't like my worlds colliding either. Nope. <laughs> you know? Embarrassing family as well. And uh <laughs> his, his dad like I die. His dad says at least three times that he has all the specs and diagrams. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely <laughs> love that. I have all the specs and diagrams at home. And I really felt like that's like a a meta moment because he is, he's a fanboy for the Enterprise. He is, and he's so excited. And Uh, that's exactly how I would be. I've got the schematics (laughs) as well. Right, right, same. I would die to just have Jordy take me around and explain me all that stuff to (laughs) And to commiserate with Chief O'Brien, like he does, oh, I'm an enlisted man too. And, you know. They have yeah. this moment. It's really, really funny. Um, and then, uh, okay, but but the moment I'm picking, okay, well, first, first you you got to know is, is they have a little heart to heart with Guinan, which is wonderful. Yes. Um, and 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 she, you know, and and Worf is going through. This is where Worf's going through his, um, you know, he's being his um, disgrace in the Klingon Empire. He's yes, being disgraced. yes, yes. And he's going through it and they don't know how to help him. And, you know, and Guinan talks about, you know, hey, how come he never, you know, gave Worf prune juice? You know, she says and like, oh, he, you know, he wasn't interested in anything human, you know. Always Klingon. Yeah, always Klingon. She had to make, what was it? Just so, like blood. Road some kind of blood pie. <laughs> blood pie. Oh, man. <laughs> that is a mother's love to do that. 
<laughs> and then at the end, he asks for some, perhaps some blood pie. It's like, yeah, I'll make you some. Yeah, I have not made that in a very long time. <laughs> this is not one <laughs> pull out of the recipe box if you're not home. Um, but but she makes but Gunnan makes the point. You know, she says she has that lovely line. You know, you know, everyone looks out this window towards home, and he's not looking towards the Klingon Empire; it's looking towards you and. And um, so, the, but the moment I picked is, is his mother and father taking that advice to heart and um, realizing that it's okay to, to, you know, be human parents and, 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 you know, tell him that we're there for him. So, so the moment I'm picking is them in Worf's quarters later and, you know, and, and, you know, Worf is being Worf. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, I have to, you know, I have to handle my disgrace. I have to bear my disgrace alone or something, he says, you know, because that's cause the Klingon yeah, thing to do. Thing, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, you know, and they're like, no, you don't. We are with you. We are proud of you. We love you. You are our son. And they finally, you know, say that to him and and kind of, you know, mourn with him. Um, you know, and it, it, I, I just love that scene. It, it mirrors what, what's happening, you know, with Picard and his family, you know, towards the end yeah. there. It's a, you'll never walk alone, you know, kind of, uh, <laughs> kind of message. A, a great episode family because it's, yeah. it's standalone, but it's, I mean, it's not even, it's not even a science fiction really, is it? It's, yeah. it's three people chatting about their families, right. you know, there, there's, yeah. there's nothing really happening in there, which is, which needs to be in the 24th century or the 23rd century. Uh, but I absolutely loved it. Uh, yeah. And I love the, the whole Wharf plot line. It's so quintessentially Wharf. It is exactly yeah. what he would do. And it was so great <laughs> to see his parents. And, to you know, he treated them exactly as you'd expect him to treat oh them. Oh, my gosh, exactly. <laughs> he, you know, but they, they, love, they know the, what he's like because he's always yeah. been like that. You know, they've had a hand in raising the boy who was like that. Right. I, I loved it. I, yeah. I loved that bit. I loved it. What I, you know what I really liked? I liked the fact that Worf was sat in that big chair in his quarters <laughs> when they came in. You know, that massive chair that's essentially made out of giant balls on sticks. <laughs> yes. He was, so I thought it was a statue. I didn't realize it was like you could sit in it. Um, and he sat in Oh, my God. So I really liked that as yeah, and that's you know, and that scene. It's just you know, and and he he flat out says to them, he's got some good candor too, because he's like he's like when I saw your name was on the list of visitors, I didn't you know was not happy about mm-hmm. that. <laughs> but then he says, you know, I I am glad that you're here, and and they have a little family moment, a little you know father mother and son moment, and I just love that, and that's my favorite moment of that B plot. That wow. is a good pick. And I'll be honest, mm. I don't really like the moment I picked. No. So I'm <laughs> going to give my point to you. <laughs> I'll give my point to family. Yeah, yeah, I'm giving my point to family too. I just can't good kind of give use uh, uh, that point. But yeah, and, and I mean, there's some there's some cool things Um Besides that, like like I like when they're trying to get away from the board cube and they're freaking out because they're stuck in the tractor beam. It's good. Yeah, it's good. I mean, there's lots good of stuff, good stuff like, about. Yeah, I mean the, the early the early stuff where O and um, Agnes 
where should they mind meld together and you get a big yeah, dose oh, yeah. of He's, okay yeah. oh <laughs> okay so, oh, oh mind meld it with yeah, yeah. something weird something. is happening she obviously yeah. has a lot of concern and fear and it sort of blurs the lines a bit about whether O is a goodie or a baddie or what the sort of the nature of her her role is, which I thought was really interesting. And uh, also making her chew that Viridian tracker. It was just <laughs> like a weird scene. You know, she puts yeah. it in her mouth and she's like, yeah, I chew it. So, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. But I like because you think you wouldn't have to chew that kind of technology. Because what if you actually chew the uh, chip or whatever it is? Yeah, like I mean. <laughs> I mean, it, I presumably know. it dissolved. Is it? I mean, she right. got rid of it by ejecting into her blood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who, who knows? Oh, yeah. I guess maybe it travels throughout her whole blood. I don't know. Because you would have thought it would just be like one little chip sending yeah. out a signal. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. I, I know, but yeah. I, thought, I, 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 would prefer, I would prefer if Nepenthe was nothing but um, the Riker Troy homestead. <laughs> or Troy Riker, th- Riker Riker. I, I liked it. I liked it. If you, th- if you think about the the sort of the the A, B, and C plots, they've got that going in the Penthe as well. Yeah, and they, that's true. That's and true. they do keep it very much about yeah. the relationships. It's all about do. yeah. does does Chris trust Raffi? You know, when what's going on there? He he, uh, he talks to Agnes about how we you know perhaps we're being tracked because you know we yeah. don't know what she was doing on Free Cloud. You've got Hugh and. Uh, Elnor sort of connecting and and something just beginning for them, even though it's cut short. So I did like the idea that it was really, it was groups of people who were working together. We were seeing three groups of people working together and sort of finding their connections. They weren't families, but they're, you know, they were making connects. And I got to tell you, I would love to spend some time on planet Raffi. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Not not too Keep much time, but sometimes. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'd probably end up vomiting too. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it would be worth it. <laughs> Man, that that a cake, the frosting to cake ratio. That's All epic. Right. Yes. Well, let's let's go straight there then. We're we're already talking about it. What oh, yeah. was the best? Okay. The best food or yeah. drink moment. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So we're at a vineyard, right? And family. So my best food mo- and drink moment does involve wine. But first, I would like to give a mention to the worst food and drink moment. Okay. And <laughs> here I would like to discuss my dislike of the character of Robert Picard. I, I know exactly what you're about to say. Loathe. I loathe this man with every fiber of my being. Like he is the worst, the worst. Like, oh, God. oh my god. So the but the moment to demonstrate where, where he's worse. So he's so he you know doesn't like any technology whatever that's fine. But they're at the dinner, the most awkward dinner table conversation. <laughs> you'll ever have uh happens in this episode and uh they're arguing well okay they're not they're talking about uh you know oh marie you're you're such a great cook you know leave it to robert to find you know the best cook in france to marry you know blah 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 and he's being nice and giving her compliments and and um but they talk about how like she mentions 
that how she's she said to Robert that maybe they should get a replicator in the house and how um you know Robert is not into that idea and and Jean-Luc mentions that he remembers their mother and father having you know just quote-unquote discussions about that as well um and this bothers me to no end because it would be one thing if Robert was the one doing the cooking and he didn't want a replicator but Robert's not the one doing the cooking Marie's the one that does all the cooking and that that low level abuse of control that it that you see it with that example you know what I mean it's just yeah. a symptom uh, yeah symptom. but like like something that's gonna make her life easier is something he's saying no to you know and that just that gets me. Oh, I hate that. And, yeah. and, and you tell and, and like John Luke, you know, when he, he's like, he's like, yeah, I remember those same, you know, arguments with mom and dad, you know, and, and, and like, he knows what's going on. He knows that that's just like awful an awful, you know, thing to do. And, um, and it's funny because then R- Renee changes the subject to his, his report on starships that he's so proud of. And <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, try to like, change the subject, but they have, you know, it's just, and it's just, and then they, then it continues that, you know, they talk about his report, but then of course, Robert has to mention how his jealousy of, of Jean-Luc again, like, Oh, you, you wrote a report and got an award and blah, blah, blah. And you're great. And I'm jealous. And, and he has that, yeah. that horrible insult, like, Oh, you raise your sons how you want to and i'll let me raise mine how i want to which yeah. is such an awful thing that was a horrible thing to say yeah f you robert and you are the worst <laughs> okay you know what? that that what you just said was horrible so you've yeah. really really convinced me that he was much worse than i originally thought he was i i, I thought the bit you were going to mention was the bit when we first see robert <laughs> and he's in the vineyard and he's he gets a bunch of grapes and eats them yes because <laughs> he's just and he doesn't even seem to eat them. He just looks like he just pushes them onto his face. <laughs> it was I, like, I rewound it a few times to watch it. I'm like, that is oh, revolting. I had well, never noticed that before. That's funny. Well, in his defense, I think that's. I think he was like tasting it to see if there was because I think what there was something wrong with the vine, and I think no, if you're no, no, no doubt, you could tell no, by no. tasting the grapes or whatever. Well, have worked for millions of years. I didn't yeah. know. But. <laughs> Look, just like pulled a whole bunch of. It is gross looking. Like he's he's just a brute. Like he's a gross brute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe too, maybe the actor himself. Like maybe they did that take so many times he didn't want to keep like eating grapes, so he just like yeah. looked in his face and then <laughs> ended up looking like that. Face. <laughs> right? and, yeah. yeah, you're right. And in that scene too, he doesn't even bother like looking in John Luke's direction. He's like, no, oh, that, here. that, that okay. is so rude. I mean, that that really turns you off him quite quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, and and John looks trying. He's like, he's like, oh, I just met you know Marie and Renee, and they're great, and blah blah blah. And, and he's like, oh, that's nice. I'll be in soon after I finish, you know, fixing this vine yeah, or doing what I think is more important than you. And okay, I also blame him for the death of Renee Picard. Uh, for the exact same reason, because he wouldn't have the uh, he wouldn't have the fire suppression systems. They yes, like yeah. they specify in generations that they died in a fire. Who in yeah. this? in the 24th century is going to die in a fire, you know, like that seems like, like they would have pretty, um, you know, fire suppression systems that, that are pretty, mm. you know, like foolproof. So of course, Robert probably doesn't want that technology in his, in his house or wherever the fire was. And, you know, so 
it's uh, definitely his fault that Renee died. That is a little worse. <laughs> yeah, and I just know I hate him, but that's that's just my that's a headcanon. That's not a. <laughs> yeah, oh. but still, like, why do they specify that they died? That's a weird thing to specify that they died in a fire. Like, what a weird. Yeah. You know? I, I thought I thought that was the implication though that that Robert yeah. had purposely not put the fire suppression systems yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that was. Oh God. Well, mm. anyway, <laughs> so yeah, he's the worst. Yeah. But also, he's actually involved in my my bet. I'll go bring it back to best food and drink moment. He's actually involved oh. in my best food All and right. drink. The best. You know, he's your he's your brother. You can't pick your family and nope. him and Picard, you know, they got to solve their, they solve their differences. They do. I mean, they're not going to be the best buddies, you know, but they solve their differences here the old fashioned way. You know, you get drunk and you fight. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we do, right? So they get no drunk. No insult to the French. That was a joke. <laughs> But um, but yeah, so they have a, a really funny old man fight in the vineyards, and they you know they not you know it's like watch the grapes, man, <laughs> knock over like the whole row of grapes, and you know they get all muddy, and it's funny. But then you know that's when they have the actual like part of the <laughs> episode, the meaty part, the part of why Picard came here. You know he and he breaks down to to Robert, and he you know about how you know about what he's been feeling about what his experience with the borg and about how it's still so deep in him and he wished he could have done something and he couldn't and and how helpless he felt and and robert actually gives him some decent advice here he you know he basically says you know this is going to be with you and you have to learn to deal with it you could either deal with it up on the enterprise or you could deal with it down in the oceans you know, in, with your yeah. buddy there, and and he got you know, you just gotta pick what you're gonna do because it's gonna be with you, and you have to just find some way to <laughs> to care, you know, to carry on, and um, and then they have well, what's my favorite moment of them? Uh, you see the trail of mud <laughs> from the door yes. into the living room, and they're drinking and they're singing songs together, and they're having you know their moment. Um, together and Renee, uh, and Marie comes in and she's like, "What in the hell is going on?" <laughs> it's like they're covered head to toe in mud, and they you know, and they're obviously drunk, and they're you know, and singing, and it's it's funny, and I I like that moment, that moment of coming together through the you know through the vineyard, and you know, coming to an understanding, even if they're you know, even if they're not friends gonna be best you know the best of buds their family and they're there for each other and and i think it really did help picard to come back there you know to his roots and he he benefited from being there and he just he got what he needed i mean he needed a hard truth and i suppose who else is going to give it to him (laughs) right (laughs) but the brother who will only speak the hard truths to you yeah which is yeah maybe that's you know what he ended up needing and yeah so but but i, I like that moment i like that moment because it's I, you know i love that gotta, moment as well i love the singing the mess right. it had a real yeah. family <laughs> comedy sort of yes. thing to it i really <laughs> felt like this is this is what happens in films when you know right. that things are going to be okay yep. and yeah. i bet you anything marie had to clean the mess up yeah <laughs> The old-fashioned way, without any Roombas or whatever they have in the 24th century to clean up mud. 
Oh man. Okay. Uh, so I liked your food and drink moment. Yeah. Uh, mine. There were some great food and drink moments in the Pepe. Oh, I, really I did enjoy Auntie Raffi yes. dishing out the cake <laughs> and the chocolate milk. And then sort of mothering uh, Girati until she pukes red velvet all over the floor. I love Uh, mothering Raffi. I thought that was great. I really thought that was funny. I love the Uh, way she did that too. She's like, I'm going to, Auntie Raffi's going to get you whatever you need. (laughs) You knew she meant whatever it was. I like like the way she she shut Rios up with just a look as well. Rios was given something, she just looked at him and just shut him up. And then sort of dealt oh, with it. Like, she's like, I'll take care of it, you know? Yeah, I yeah. really like that. Yeah. Um, I did like, <laughs> I did like uh, the minute, I liked the, the, like, the, the very short scene where Soji eats a tomato for the first time. I love that scene. Yeah. I, I really, and we'll talk about this a bit later on. Um, but just, you know, having a, you know, eating a tomato, like not knowing how to eat it, yeah. never eating anything real, it hasn't come out of a replicator. You know, real isn't a, always better necessarily. It's a, real, it's a real, like tactile way to demonstrate that, like the yeah. realness of it. Yeah, you know, I really like that a lot. I thought that was great, um, but I mean, I've, I mean, this the best, the best bit, the best eating and drinking moment, and I'm not even thinking about sitting around the table actually eating the pizza. I'm thinking about pizza making Riker. Yes. <laughs> My favorite too. <laughs> I, I just love this entire scene. Um, oh my he's there. Riker's sat there. It's not sat. They stood there at the pizza oven. He has a pizza oven on his on his you know in his land. He he's just happily making up a pizza there. Picard comes over for a chat. Riker sort of just carries on making his pizza. Yeah. But he recognises that Picard's keeping his lips sealed and he's chatting about the ecology of Nepenthe and sort of hinting at the reason why the Troy Rikers moved there. You don't really know that yet, but he sort of hints at it. And they're briefly interrupted by Kestra and Soji, who are speaking Vaveen. And then he's Soji gives... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, both both uh, Marina Sirtis and Frakes play this so well all the way through it's like an acting masterclass for both of them i loved it um so she gives that patented sort of sung type head tilt and then you (laughs) see it all click into place for Riker as he knows what's going on now so him and picard are sharing a glass of wine a bottle of wine not sharing a glass of wine that'll be weird um And he's just making the pizza and rolling out the dough and laying on the basil and laying on the sausage. Picard's drinking the wine and he explains that he understands what's happening. And, you know, he, he gives it and, you know, he says, let me tell you what I think's going on and just sort of lays out what we know is happening and how he's come to figure it all out. And uh, he gives he gives Picard some hard some hard truths as well. And, yes. you know, you're in this up to your eyes, and this is not just a, a dangerous situation or a diplomatic situation. It's complicated because you're dealing with somebody who doesn't know themselves because they're only a child or a teenager. And it's it's going to be much harder than you think it's going to be, and you haven't figured that out yet. Right. And 
And in the very next scene, he demonstrates he hasn't figured it out yet, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, <laughs> but this, yeah. this is just a perfect scene for Frakes and Picard. Frakes has never, ever been better as Riker than oh, when no. he's explaining okay. that he knows Soji is Data's daughter. Uh, it, it was just perfect. Uh, yeah, pizza making Riker is amazing. Pizza making Riker. <laughs> Give us the action figure. That's what we yes, want. I need an action figure of that Pe- for sure. Pizza making Riker wearing his big old apron. Oh my god, he's pizza. so cute. Comes with one of those pizza with one of those pizza shovels. So cute. Yeah, that's what I want. Me too. I would buy that. Yes. <laughs> my my favorite pizza making Riker moment is is the first time we see him though when he's in that kitchen. He's whatever was he? He's either grating cheese or whatever he's yes. doing or grating flour, whatever it is. Um, and and he get you know and John Luke comes in, and his face lights up. And he walks over to him and gives him this great big bear hug and gets the flower, whatever it is. And it just dusts <laughs> up. It's so wonderful. Because who cares? Because it's a reunion and they're, you know, so glad to see each other. And oh my god, I love that part. And he and he gets so right cool. and he gets right into Riker mode because um, Picard's like, yeah, we're having some trouble. And 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 Riker just right away shields up. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly how in the tone he would always use, and yes. oh my god, I love that. So that's that's my favorite favorite of the pizza Riker moment is the the hu- the flowered hug. Yeah, you know, the flowered hug was high on my list of contenders. Oh my god, so good. Yeah, yeah, you can't beat pizza making Riker. Pizza making Riker is so good. And oh, I mean, man. the fact that it just yeah. came all the way through the episode, he's virtually yeah, never yeah. not talking about pizza. <laughs> right. <laughs> But you could see him, but he's still Riker. Like he was still like he was listening to jazz yeah. um, while he was making pizza, you know? And he's he still was listening like, to jazz. He was raising yeah. the shields. He was giving right. Picard grief. And he was all. flirting with Troy. That's I mean, right. he does all the things, <laughs> all the does. things that Riker does. Oh my god, he does. Oh, he's the best. He's the best. <laughs> so good. I love him so much. It was so pure. Oh I loved my it. god. Yeah. All right. Well, I um, my points go in there. <laughs> I can't not give Pizza Riker points. P- Pizza Riker, you know, he's For getting sure. extra large from me. I yes. absolutely loved it. That sounded really weird. I feel like Pizza. <laughs> oh no! That's funny. With all the toppings, right, Ross? Yeah. <laughs> Stuffed crust all the way. Right. Oh no! Was <laughs> I giving him my points? <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, two points for the pizza making dad that we love. As, as, as we go into the final round, we are even Stevens, four points each. Oh my god! We've All tied up. up. Yeah, we've dished up in all manner of ways. I have literally no idea how this is going to go. All right. <laughs> Okay, so but our final category then is okay. the the best Deanna Picard moment. And um, first mm. of all, I love this as a category. What a great <laughs> idea! You know, we don't talk about Deanna anywhere near enough. Uh, I love the fact that we've got having this as a category. Yeah, um, she's, her and her, she, she's incredible. Ugh. She's great. It, and so, yeah, and her relationship with Picard. Has really grown. Go ahead. 
You see, I'm sorry. sorry. For, <laughs> for, for Nepenthe, <laughs> what, what's, what's the best uh, Dana Picard moment for Nepenthe? You have a lot to choose from here. Every single Diana or Jean-Luc scene yeah. is absolutely amazing in this episode. It's all gold. Not, not one is wasted. Nothing is extraneous. It's all perfect. The greeting is really sublime. And she gets, mm. you know, she instantly, you know, gets the idea of what's happening. She knows he's in trouble. She And she, yeah. she still, she welcomes him in. You're in trouble, but it's okay. We're going to sort this out. I absolutely loved it. It was perfect. She greets Soji and says hello. And like nothing throws her off. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's so in control. I loved it. Um, later on in Thad's room, they discuss Thad's love of language invention and the pain Deanna experiences at his loss and how it hurts her and it hurts her that her family hurt. And it's, and she, you know, you can see there's so much emotion and she just sweeps under the, the carpet. We're not ready to talk about that just yet. Just, it's nice to see you and then stop talking about it. it it's so quick and it's so painful. And we do see a cute picture of Picard and baby <laughs> Thad, which is very nice. Oh, um, grieving mother Deanna, it's just it seemed so her emotion seems so real there in that scene. Oh, it's God. so good. It, I mean, I want to say again, she is not wasted in a single scene. There's not one bit where I thought we didn't need that to happen. She, I, I mean, it was I mean, all perfect. Marina Sirtis, man, what oh, she's she's just she's so amazing. And that that little that little bit of of acting she does right before she enters Thad's room gets me. Like she yeah. did, she braces herself before she opens it. Cause you know, I know exactly the bit you mean for her to enter the room, you know, and she yeah. just braces herself for a, minute, a second, you know, and then does it takes a deep breath and then goes in and Oh my God. She, she just rips my heart out in that scene. <laughs> it's so, it's fun. so good. Um, but, I mean, they they are great scenes, and she's yeah. perfect in those. But uh, I mean, the, the the scene I actually picked uh, is the one where she scolds Picard mm-hmm. for mocking Soji's concerns that yes. none of none of it is real. That there's no you know there's no evidence that it's true. Her, you know, all of her life's been torn to pieces and has been proved false. Why should this be real? And Picard comes over and just quips at her, which I thought was a really a really weird thing for him to do. It was completely unhelpful. Yeah. And he gets a gets a push from her. Uh, and he sort of laughs that off as well, which I thought was a bit weird. Um, <laughs> he kind of realized it as it was happening that he kind of deserved. Yeah. <laughs> <the push. laughs> um, and Deanna has been in sort of counselor mode while she's talking yeah. to Sophie. And you know, she's doing a great job because we know that she can't get a read on Sophie's emotions. So she's doing this as a counselor and as a that's person. A yeah, that's all. Her yeah, yeah. Um, and then she just gets Picard in her sights, and she lets rip, and, and she should. <laughs> she tells him exactly what he needs to hear, why he was wrong to say what it was that he was wrong about. That she has every right to think that this might not be real because that literally is all she's known. This sort of right. unreality and manipulation. But crucially, she helps him find a solution. She's like, look, here's how you work best. Let's work that way and solve this problem. And, you know, she right. just comes out with, this is how we're going to fix this problem. 
you can't, you know, you can't do this. I'm going to give you the advice you need to make this work. Um, it's absolutely phenomenal, and it just elevates the entire episode, and just like it, it just brings the entire episode together. Mm-hmm. Picard is is learning what he needs to do. That's the problem that he needed to overcome. He didn't know right. how to act, but now he does. Uh, and, it's and just yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and and Troy always knows the right thing to do. Like she she know, know exactly. She has the situation at hand. <laughs> Even, you know, even more so now it, it, here in Nepenthe than she did in Next Generation. You know, she's yeah. got that that many more years of experience and, you know, life, hap- you know, happening. And, and she just gets it. And and then Picard takes her advice. You know, yeah. the, the dinner table scene wouldn't have played out the way it did if she hadn't written the riot act the way she did there. No. <laughs> so it was impo- it was really important for the whole rest of the the season yeah i i think it was a really i mean just so solid and well done as well yeah that that was the best diana picard moment yeah and you had something to pick from and yeah um and what about in in family in family there's only one thing to pick from so i didn't have i didn't have that problem but mine's actually really good mine's actually really important um, this is actually the very first scene in the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the first scene that we're seeing after Best of Both Worlds happened, you know? So where is Picard here? You know, like, how's he feeling? And and what's what's he doing? How's, how's his recovery going? And and this scene is, so it's it's fitting that it's, it's just him and Deanna talking. Yeah. Absolutely, um, and so they have a little heart to heart, and and you know, and, and she's she's worried about his recovery. They talk about how, um, you know, all his his wounds have he are healing. You know, the physical things are healing, but he still, you know, has some work to do. And um, you know, it, it, it you know, in on the inside, and and you know, he's saying it's like, well, the nightmares have stopped, and blah blah blah, and and um, and she's you know, she says she's that he's that she's glad that he's going to Earth. Um, but she finds it, she says she finds it interesting that he wants to go to, you know, Labar, France. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's worried about him. You know, she does the whole the whole counselor, you know, well, what do you think? How does that make you feel? <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? And he thanks her for her, you know, for her, all of her help during his recovery. Um, you know, but he claims that that he's better. And you could tell that she's not totally convinced of that, but you know, she wishes him a good trip and, and they just have this, this whole little, you, you know, like you could, you could see in both their, their acting the way that, that they've had a very long road behind them of, mm-hmm. of, you know, of trying to help Picard deal with what, ha- you know, what had happened. And the fact that she finds it interesting that he's going home says something too you know, about how, where, where she thinks he is in his, you know, journey to, to recovery. There were two bits that were, I thought were really great in the scenes they shared together in family. One where she referenced Captain's Holiday. Yes. And, uh, she said it took me three years of cajoling to get you to take your last holiday. Right, right. That was funny. But then that at, was a good reference. at the very end, she gives him a kiss on the cheek. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, so you can see there that their relationship is now much closer than perhaps it had been before. That they've gone through something together. And then again, it's echoed in in Nepenthe when 
the first thing she does is like massive kiss. Nice. So glad to see him. You know, that's that's development. That's that's progression. That's that's the emotion building up. I, I just thought it was really great because it's usually so formal on 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 the Enterprise Bridge. Right. They don't right. they don't they don't kiss they don't kiss each other on the cheek. Right. But she did then. That was an important an important yeah. change in how she was working. And I think actually that that then plays out for how she she is with Picard for the rest of the series. Right. Yeah. They're they're way closer. I mean, they're you know it's more like they're the found, you know found family. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And, you know, they're helping you know them through helping him through this and everything. And oh, that's such an excellent excellent point. Mm. Oh, I love it. I love them. I love their friendship. <laughs> I love it too. And I, I really think. And this is the sign of like a really quality, a quality episode of television is when it makes you go back and watch something you've already watched a bit differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really think Nepenthe and family and they do that. You can watch them yeah. both together and they, they make each other better. Uh, it really sure. worked. Okay. Points. <laughs> points wise. I, I just think. Troy in the Penthe was perfect. There was, and not to say that she wasn't perfect in family, yeah. but every single minute she was on the screen, she shared. And I think she, I don't think I ever saw her. I don't think she spends any time with anyone except Picard. I don't think you ever see her just having a chat with Riker, do you? No, I think. no. I mean, you see her, she's in the garden with Kestra and Soji, but that's yeah. the only time. Yeah. And she does talk to Riker. Yeah, she but talks never to Riker, just but one on one. He gives a good Imzadi. <laughs> yes, yeah, he gives a gives a. Oh, but, but that scene, the 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 Riker, the Riker Troy and Picard scene at the beginning, it's kind of like their discussions they would have in in TNG when they're trying yes. to figure out, you know, like 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 Deanna gives gives her report. She's like, oh, Soji's, you know, this and this and this, but she's scared you know what i mean like you can tell yes. you know it's like the way they used to do all three of them work together I, TNG. I like that part but yeah i think you're right i think but one-on-one it's the it's the picard moment yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna have to give it to nepenthe i think because she was yeah. just so phenomenal in it yeah my points going to nepenthe also because the way they've the way they chose to grow the character of Deanna Troy here is is worthy of her. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. I mean, cause she was always she was always wonderful, a wonderful character in TNG, but she was she was often underutilized. I think yeah, is and, probably and that's, the what, word. that's exactly right. Because what they've done yeah. here is they've taken character traits that we've seen her demonstrate, and they yeah. just ramped them up to the next level. Yes. Yeah, uh, and they 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 made her better. They they showed us what we knew she could do. Right. Yeah, it's a natural progression too for someone from what we've seen before, and for someone who's gone through what she's gone through with with Thad and their family. Um, and she's just she's incredible in the Penthe, and I just love it, and I love her, and I love that moment where she <laughs> gives it to Picard when he needs to hear the hard truth. <laughs> this is all. This is all. All of this is just Picard needing to hear the hard truths. Both yeah. Of these <laughs> yeah, but he that that he does need that because he does hold himself apart from the people who are who he spends time with. Right. 
And it might be hard for them to get messages through to him (laughs) if he is being distant, you know? Yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah. Okay. All right. At at the sum up. (laughs) Final um, final score. Final scores. uh, Family with a very respectable vintage of four. (laughs) And Nepenthe... Uh, with an extra large pizza <laughs> at six, uh, and to be honest, yeah, I think this this could have gone differently. I think if we chosen different categories, I could yeah. have seen this gone entirely differently. Yeah. Um, I'm happy with this, though. I think this is. I think this works, and I think I think it reflects how highly we think of both the episodes that it's yeah. been so close and close all the way through. Yeah, and the pen- the penthe is its own thing. But it also does is is a natural progression from family, and I like I love yes. the way they did that. Love it. Yeah, so good. Uh, great. Okay, so, fantastic. Yeah, I'm happy with that. <laughs> I'm happy too. That's this is where we needed. I think we needed this. Yeah, yeah. We needed feel, we needed to be like, happy about this. Little, little feel good. Yeah. <laughs> moment happy within this <laughs> this crisis that you know is happening. Oh, so. <laughs> All right. Well, that's awesome. Okay. All right. So, uh, and any any rounds because you 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 put forward like a whole a whole bunch of rounds. We could oh, we could have yeah. done this. We could do this episode again with five entirely different categories that you put forward. I was just rolling through the categories because there were so many uh, similarities yeah. between the two episodes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. I, I loved Picard internal struggle. I had a hard time yeah. getting that category. Yeah. I thought that was a good one. Yeah, um, yeah. Because this was—I mean—that's what all of season one, Picard, you know, Picard is about, and of course, family in TNG is about that too. After mm-hmm. that's the book. God, I love that too. Like you said about um, it, you know episodes being good if they make you go back and watch yeah. other things, and and yeah, but best of both worlds is is different now too. You know. Yeah. And it was different since first contact as well. They, they've yeah. consistently yeah. gone back and changed, oh, yeah. made those changes effective. Oh, I love it so much. Yeah, and that's and that happened, you know his his internal struggle here, having to having just come to terms with the fact of what happened. I mean, he's still going through that. You see that um, the episode with seven. Yeah, you know they have that that beautiful little exchange where you know he's like, "Are, are you? Are, you know, I, I can't remember the exact wording." Um. Do you, ever, do you ever get your humanity back fully, or something yeah. like that? And he's and he just and he's it's quite stark when he says no. He's like yeah. no, yeah. Like, and like oh god, he's not he's not yeah. fully recovered it's still. still. Yeah. Oh, oh my man. God. Yeah. Good. Right. Okay. We, we've we, we, we've <laughs> we've completed it. We've snap tracked. We're satisfied. And in the and uh, you know. I'd go either way. I'd eat a pizza. I'd have a glass of wine. I'm totally fine with this. Together, that's it. They go well together. A little red. They really you know, with, with Oh man, sounds good. <laughs> okay. Nice dry Bordeaux for you know. <laughs> it goes with bunny corn <laughs> sausage. <right? laughs> oh no. <laughs> I, was, I, I thought it was very good how quickly Riker made those sausages. Oh, you must that's have what I thought too. You must have had some in the fridge. You must have some in the fridge. Making sausages is a is a complicated process, you know. Yeah. <laughs> don't take you just get a couple. It's fine. Don't, oh don't man, gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
pie. Well, it's just like, I guess it's like, like casingless sausage. If he just like crumbled it up and you know, like cooked it up, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I don't want to think too much about them. I'm already thinking too much about the bunny corn sausage <laughs> more than I want to. <laughs> All right, let's move on. What are we doing next time? What's next time on Good. Now that we've finished with the old business, on to the new. Time to hand out next month's story assignments. Ritterhouse, we're waiting! Okay, friends and neighbors, let's see what Uncle Roy has for you today. And next week, we'll be joined by a very special guest who shall remain anonymous until then. And we will be having our rogue captains go up against some Cardassians as we discuss TNG's The Wounded versus DS9's Defiant. I love it. It's gonna be. It's good. gonna be a good one. <laughs> these both these episodes I haven't revisited in a long time, so I'm quite yeah. looking forward to seeing them. Yeah, this will be fun. And uh, just to recap, if you would like to get in touch with us, do send us your poems, ideas, comments to at SnapTrack on Twitter. Comments, criticisms. <laughs> no criticisms. God, we don't need any of those. Only positives, please. Oh people. no. You can send me the criticisms then. I'll take oh, them. Oh, thank you. you. Just file them in the memory hole. I need <laughs> um, Jen, this has been this episode has been an absolute delight to discuss, and it's been so nice to talk to you. Yeah, and you too, uh, huh? yeah, I hope everything goes well, and I'll see you, you in too. a little bit. Yes, we'll see everyone soon. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, and we hope you're all safe and sound and that's it. We'll hopefully talk to you next time. And that's a Royal Frisbee. He's still out there. Mm -hmm. Dreaming about starships and adventures. getting late. Yeah. But let him 